0: Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Stephanie DaCosta, who is Media Director at Wing. Today we will discuss how Univision beats major networks in ratings. Born to Cuban parents and raised in Miami, Stephanie was at Crispin, Porter, and Boguski prior to joining Wing. While there, she worked on the Burger King, Domino's Pizza, Ask.com, and Sprite accounts. She also spent some time in New York City working at Universal McCann and Carrot on DTC and OTC brands within Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson, as well as Pernod Ricard. Her 10-year career includes experience in buying and planning across various media, nationally and locally. Her love of exploring different cultures recently inspired her to pursue her Master's in Sociology in anthropology. Stephanie, welcome. Thank you so much. How fun. So you're working and going back to school?
1: Well, I just completed it. It's actually been a couple of years now since I've completed the master's. Um, But yes, I was working full-time and and going to school. It was really difficult.
0: (laughs) Well, congratulations. That must feel pretty good. Thank you so much. It really does. Let's talk a little bit about the television industry, before we talk specifics about Univision and ratings, would you help us understand where we are in terms of television? Because there's so many changes that have taken place, even in the last five or ten years. What's going on with the television industry today?
1: Sure. Um, I'm going to take a few steps back, I think, and just um, focus a little bit on the broadcast networks. and what uh, us media people call the broadcast networks are those channels that you get um, really for free. You don't need any kind of cable connection to receive them. So um, the English networks that most people are familiar with are the NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, and CW, right? Um, And for a long time in the Spanish um, network space, it was really mostly Univision and Telemundo, uh, Univision also owns Unimas, which um, historically was called Telefutura, but um, in late, I believe it was 2012 or early 2013, they decided to relaunch that network. So now it's called Unimas. So for a long time, it's been these three broadcast networks in Spanish. Um, but what's gone on is that most recently, uh, probably a few years ago, 2011, I believe at the end of 2011, Nielsen decided to really do away with Hispanic ratings as a standard. So what that allowed to happen was that all the networks were suddenly in the same playing field. Of course, they're very different when you consider that some of them are in English and some of them are in Spanish, right? So to most people, that automatically notes a, a huge difference in, um, in the target, you know, and who's watching these networks. Um, but what we didn't I don't think expect it to happen was that some of these Spanish networks would actually have similar ratings to the English networks. Um, and what ratings are again are they're really just a, a reflection of the percentage of people that are watching. So when you hear the Nielsen rating of, you know, of five, that means that five percent of, you know, a specific audience, whether it's total households or a specific demographic, are watching this network. So, um, for a long time, since Nielsen did this change, what we've been seeing is, uh, is Univision slowly going up the ranks. Uh, and most recently in February of 2013, which is, um, what they call the sweeps period, which is when they really take a close look and analyze the ratings, they found that Univision beat out NBC. So um, that stirred up a lot of news um, because what it's saying, in essence, is that if you're looking for highly rated networks, then you should be considering Univision. Um, Now that's kind of a, a big pill for most people to swallow, I think, because it's not that simple. Right, um, and that's usually the the story that Univision is is simply trying to sell. We compete with NBC, which means you know we can compete with some of the other networks, larger networks. Um, but from an advertiser point of view, it's very different, and we want to make sure that that's clear. Um, while we definitely want more advertisers to consider advertising to the Hispanic market, what we don't want is for them to think it's it's necessarily an easy task, right? Um, advertisers in general put a lot of work and uh, research behind an advertising campaign. And the same is true for a Hispanic campaign. So we don't want um, to simply say, well, you should just buy Univision because it's really not that simple. There's a lot of research that should be done about who your specific target audience is. And um, specifically, we talk a lot about any cultural relevancy that we need to showcase within the messaging, right? We don't want to simply uh, translate an English language commercial uh, and, you know, have that run on Univision and, and think that we're effectively reaching the Hispanic market. So I think I've kind of spoken a lot in a lot of different directions, but um, the one point I do want to highlight is, yes, it's a, it's a huge deal that Univision has beat out NBC in ratings right that's a testament to how many people are watching Univision but specifically um, that's a testament to how many Hispanic people are watching television or watching Univision Um, but that's also a, a function of how fragmented the English language television landscape is to where you know there's a lot of top English language networks and so when you split up you know the share or the ratings against all those networks A network with a much smaller share like Univision can beat out one of the you know lower hanging fruit as far as the English networks.
0: When we look at the overall broadcast television market as you've described it to us a minute ago, what percentage of the audience would you say in general, rather than in a specific instance or a specific snapshot, which is what the individual ratings represent? What would you say is the percentage breakdown if you know? In other words, which network is in the lead and second or third place or however you want to divide them? How would you divide if you looked at the broadcast television watching audience as a pie? How would you divide the slices of that pie for each of these channels that you've described to us, these networks?
1: Well, for the challenges that I was explaining a little earlier, I wouldn't look at all those networks in one pie. Um, and that's maybe a little bit contradictory to what a lot of marketers talk about, um, which I'm a proponent of as well, which is total market advertising. Uh, you know, we definitely want to look at the market as a whole. You know, who is it that you're trying to target and how do we do that? As effectively as possible but from a buying perspective from you know the amount of, of work and commitment that it takes to reach Hispanics versus non-Hispanics we definitely want to look at that separately so when you look at the Spanish pie for example uh, Univision is about you know 60 to 65 percent of that pie as far as shares um, Telemundo and Telefutura, which are the other two, or Unimas, I should say, which are the other two broadcast networks, um, take about close to 20 each, um, and now, most recently, at the end of 2012, we had Mundo Fox also launch a broadcast network, and um, they are backed by the traditional Fox that we may know in the English language, uh, so there are definitely big hopes for that network. But for now, they have a very low share. Um, so when you throw all of those into the pie, along with the English broadcast pie, the Spanish is, is, is very small um, because of just sheer size of population. You know, the Hispanic population is only about 15% of the total population. So in some ways, it's almost enough, not a fair fight.
0: Well, and in addition to that, Stephanie, the statistics that I've seen indicate that most of the U.S. Hispanic market of 50 plus million in the United States is either English dominant or bilingual, that only a small wedge of that particular pie is Spanish dominant, which means that many of those people are probably watching English language programming. Is that right? Correct. Um, That is true that the largest percentage
1: of the PIE we look at language dependency is is bicultural. So um, you can easily assume that, yes, those biculturals are watching both English and Spanish, but we can negate the fact that they are watching Spanish. And when you put that percentage of the PIE together with the Spanish-dominant group, which... um, isn't as small as some people may think. Um, In in some of the, the research that we've seen and we've done, we see that it's maybe about a third of total Hispanics. So when you consider that the rest are bilingual and or English dominant, yeah, maybe that's a small piece of that pie, but it's still pretty significant. And when you add that Spanish dominant group along with the bilinguals or biculturals that are watching Spanish, it's pretty significant. And it's also people that you're not reaching at all if you don't advertise in Spanish, which is an important
0: point. How does that how does that relate? If you're putting a yeah, you know, putting the hat of the marketer on and you're putting a campaign together and allocating resources how do you figure out where to place your resources do you relate that to the specifics of the campaign do you relate that to your target audience how do you go about doing that in order to match these the, these fragmented market and specifically the spanish dominant and bilingual viewers that we're talking about
1: well there's a few ways to do that. Um, and some advertisers or marketers have more data than others. So it depends on, on what data is available, you know, for these specific companies. Um, but some companies, for example, know that X percentage of their sales come from the Hispanic market. So that's kind of a really easy place to start if you know that of your sales come from Hispanics or from these stores that are in high Hispanic dense areas, then let's start with at minimum a 20% of your overall budget going to this group. Now, that, of course, always depends on what your budget is and how much that 20% can buy you, right? There's always a balance between making sure you have an impactful and effective campaign and versus you know, what percentage of your overall budget you wanna spend on this group. Um, and if you don't have the sales data specifically, you can start with simply the percentage of the POP, which we also sometimes recommend. So if we're saying Hispanics are somewhere between 15 and 16% of the total US population, then let's start with, with a budget that reflects that. Um, and sometimes you know specifically for the product that Hispanics over-index against that product or, you know, that um, disease state or that food, whatever it is, um, there are some research tools that we can use to determine, well, we know that more Hispanics than non-Hispanics use this product or suffer from this ailment or, you know, that type of thing. So um, then you have to kind of play around with your budget allocation that way. You know, because the Hispanic population is smaller, in most cases, depending on the product, of course, you're not going to see a huge number for reaching the Hispanic population versus the non-Hispanic population because the costs are just very different. You know, it's a smaller group, so it costs less to reach us rather than uh, trying to reach, you know, the non-Hispanic population, which is a much larger group.
0: One of the things that you have to take into account if you're reaching out to viewers in this segment, the Univision, Telemundo Unimas, Mundo Fox, broadcast television part of the pie that we've been talking about, is, as you said earlier, that your communications have to be in Spanish and culturally sensitive, right? Correct. So in addition to the actual costs of placing ads on those networks, you have to take into account the cost of producing your message, your ad. What can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, and I understand 100% why that is typically a really large hurdle for advertisers to get over, you know, which is why many times we spend a lot of our time Trying to determine what is the size of the prize here, you know, um, and what can they expect as far as results or sales or how many people are they missing out on by not doing advertising in Spanish, to try and and put a good business case together. And, and again, as I said earlier, some companies have tons of data themselves where they already are starting to see this phenomenon and see that. Well, when we talk about population growth in the U.S., um, most of that's going to come from Hispanics. So right now is really a great time to get into the Hispanic space because if you don't do that, then you're not going to be able to grow your business. So um, I understand that it takes a large commitment, but it does, it does regardless. You know, um, the right way to... Embarking in an advertising campaign involves a lot of research, a lot of research on, you know, your specific product, what people think about it, who you're trying to reach, uh, what messaging would work, all of that, Um, in addition to, okay, then, you know, what's the best media to reach these people? So um, I think that, as I said, many advertisers are beginning to realize the importance of reaching the Hispanic market in order to grow their business. But they should do so in the same way that they do in reaching non-Hispanics, taking all the same steps. It's important that when you know you're reaching an audience for the very first time, that you do so with as much information as you can possibly have, and that your message is reflective of the fact that you understand them, that you know, you know what it is that they need or who they are, um, and that you put time and effort into figuring that out. Because otherwise, uh, your message can sometimes, you know, be offensive or, uh, not resonate, you know, just kind of get stuck in the clutter. So it's not going to be as effective. And then you might say, well, you know, this, this test didn't work. Well, you need to make sure that you're, you're putting all the, the right things in place in order to make sure that you're successful
0: let's go back to the ratings concept would you tell us a little bit more Stephanie how are the ratings numbers relevant when you're looking at market segments are you looking specifically at size of the market are you looking at subcategories what level of detail do the ratings provide and how is that relevant for the, the marketers and the advertisers
1: Well, the ratings are really um, important to for a lot of reasons. Um, They're definitely important because they determine the cost that you pay for running a commercial during any given program. So, you know, for obvious reasons, a program that is higher rated will cost you more to advertise than a program that is lower rated because you're reaching more people so you're paying you know to reach those people um, so ratings are definitely important um but ratings aren't everything um it depends on also the content of the programming in many cases you know um there are many conservative advertisers out there for example who wouldn't want to be in a controversial program, even if it's a very highly rated program. Or if the product itself is, or the commercial um, that's featuring this product is very funny, um, maybe kind of off the wall, you wouldn't wanna be within a news program, for example. Um, It depends, it's things like that. Um, And that's what like a media person needs to do is not only look strictly at the numbers, but look at the programming itself. You know, does it make sense for this specific spot for my client to be associated with this program. Um, you know, a, a current client of ours, Goya, for example, is a food brand. So we know that the spot resonates more when a consumer or viewer is watching programming that has to do with food at it. You know, the same is true even across media, not only through television, but print and and digital as well. With TV, we're more accustomed to getting just commercials that maybe don't necessarily make sense or don't belong within the programming because, in essence, these advertisers are really just trying to reach a mass audience as quickly as possible. Um, But when you consider... More so, other media like print or digital. It's really important that the ad is relevant. You know, you you know um, more specifically who's what who's um, looking at that magazine, or you know, if you're on a a specific website, you know, you know more specifically who that target is. So it's important to try and run your advertising so that it relates to the person that is looking at it. Um, and that will just give you more opportunity to resonate with with a specific viewer so with television again as i said it's sometimes more difficult um, because you know primetime is where everybody wants to advertise those are the highly the most um, rated the higher rated shows so advertisers really covet the primetime area and a lot of times those shows you know are just overall sitcom or drama and um, unless they're specifically controversial or very opposite your product, um, most advertisers like to be there. But it's always nice to try and consider the actual content and the frame of mind of the person that may be watching the specific program and see if your commercial fits.
0: There are a lot of viewers who are watching television programming on their recorders, meaning that they're not watching at the time that the shows air but at the time of their own choosing or that are watching the programs online or on their mobile devices. What kind of an impact does this have? The numbers I've seen are fairly high. I think about one-third of the viewers, for example, was a statistic that I saw recently, that are watching recorded programs. Mm -hmm. What can you tell us about that? Sure. there are definitely a
1: growing number of people that have these devices and that are watching programming on these devices. Uh, the good news is that the number for Hispanics is lower, um, and that's for various reasons, um, but it means also, though, that Hispanics are more engaged with the programming. For one thing, the um, primetime novelas on Spanish television are you know shown on a daily basis they're shown every day and and they're really a consecutive storyline so it's a little different there Hispanics um, wouldn't necessarily DVR these programs because they want to watch every day to see what's happening uh, and there's a similar um, trend going on in the English language when you consider specific programming And we like to call that appointment viewing, right? There are award shows, for example, or sporting events are typically considered appointment viewing where consumers are less likely to DVR the programs because it's something that you need to watch as it's happening. Um, Another example are the reality shows, you know, like American Idol um, and that type of thing where... You know, there's voting that goes on, um, and so if you miss your episode today, you'll miss out on who got kicked off. So that's another important piece of, you know, being a media person and and buying the right programming. You definitely want to try and buy programming that is more appointment viewing than not. Um, But when you look at the ratings, um, there are ratings that consider both. So if the rating for the live show is considerably less than the recorded, you know, the ratings, it's like plus seven, so they do it for a seven-day time frame, then maybe that's a program that you consider not buying. Um, Or you can try and work really hard at negotiating your rates with a specific television network because you, you know, don't want to pay as much for the viewers that are recording the shows, knowing that they're fast-forwarding through commercials. So, again, a couple things. What you want to try and do is focus on appointment viewing television, you know, programs that are more likely to be watched the day uh, of. And um, also the good news, as I said, is that Hispanics are less likely to Um, I I believe it's both own, but definitely view through their DVR uh, machines.
0: Stephanie, would you clarify something for me? When you say Hispanics are less likely to view television through their recorders, are you referring to Spanish-speaking, or rather Spanish-preferring Hispanics, Spanish-dominant and bilingual, Hispanics, or are you referring to all Hispanics, including those who watch television in English? You know, um, unfortunately, the data is not broken out. The data that I've seen anyway is not broken
1: out in, to that degree of detail. But if I needed to assume, then I would definitely say that it's most likely the Spanish dominant that are using their DVRs less.
0: How does the rating system, how is it impacted? You were talking a minute earlier that the ratings take into account the percentage of viewers that watch the programming at a later date. How exactly do they take that into account? Would you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Well, you know, I don't know the super specifics, um, but I know that, you know, the way that Nielsen tracks ratings Um, is by putting these devices on on, in people's homes on their televisions. So they're able to track what people are watching and when. Um, And so they're just as easily able to track not only when they're watching live, but also they watch something recorded and how many days later. So that's why Nielsen's kind of um, continues to try and refine their, their reporting and, you know, once the DVRs became popular and more and more people were owning them, they didn't want to lose out on the ratings for their program because people weren't watching necessarily live. So they were able to then extend their tracking to see if people were recording and then how many days later they were watching a specific program.
0: One of the arguments that buyers of advertising and marketers, advertisers make sometimes is that if Hispanics are integrating into the U.S. general market, then over time, Spanish language media should disappear and become less important. And yet over time, we've seen the opposite happen. There is more Spanish language media in general, and there's been a greater growth among emerging market media, specifically Hispanic or Spanish-language media, how do you explain that? Why is it that there are more Spanish-language media outlets and more outlets targeting Hispanics as time has passed than people predicted?
1: Sure. I think that there's a couple of reasons for that. Um... The primary reason is that even though the population is going to continue to grow um, from native-born Hispanics and, and not so much as much from foreign born or um, is that Spanish, the Spanish language is still a really important part of Hispanics culture. So while there are some things um, that may not be as strong, um, what we've seen through a lot of data is that Spanish is definitely something that is important to Hispanics. Uh, it's important to their culture and is something that they try to instill in in their families, uh, even those that are born here. And actually, what we've seen kind of recently is this effect where even those that um, those Hispanics that maybe, you know, haven't been very enthralled into the Hispanic culture, uh, are trying to get back. They're trying to kind of get back to their roots. Um, you know, they like the idea that, that, um, that they're Hispanic, that they, you know, have a different culture and they realize that Spanish is part of that. So there's even this trend where people are making sure to have Spanish be a part of their lives, even if for, some reason it wasn't. Um, and then the second piece is that the um, Spanish TV is just different, you know. Um, the Some of the programming is very different than in the English language and so it just resonates more with Hispanics. It's um, For many Hispanics is um, more similar to the programming that they were used to from their home countries and um, you know some of the celebrities are the same or that type of thing and so culturally some of the programming is different and so I think that that's part of the reason why it's continued to grow Um, and actually what I think will happen is that even the programming will continue to evolve for the reasons that you just mentioned Elena which is yes the bicultural group is growing um, and while Spanish is still going to be a part of their lives, we think it may not be as big of a piece um, necessarily. And so to kind of keep the attraction to these Spanish language networks um, and keep the viewership high, I think that they're going to have to evolve their programming so that it's maybe not so um, so specific to the Hispanic culture. So that maybe, be, um, and this is something that Mundo Fox um, and even Udivision is, is now also starting to do well, where they're taking these concepts that are in the English language television and, and trying to do something similar in Spanish. Um, Telemundo uh, actually has a good example is that they're doing La Voz Kids. So they're doing a very similar show to The Voice the singing competition and they're going to do that with kids um, in Spanish. So they're taking this this program um, even this brand the voices is done really well ratings wise and they're saying you know that show works really well uh, in the general population why shouldn't that work in in a specific language in specifically Spanish language so um, they've kind of tweaked it and made it more culturally relevant of course but it's the the show premise is the same. Um, Mundo Fox, for example, was running some um, English language programming in Spanish. Uh, Bones was one of the the programs that they were running. So they again taking these popular shows that have high ratings and either translating them or trying to to adapt them in a way that might make sense for the Spanish Hispanic population. Um, but you know, kind of still trying to evolve the programming a little bit, knowing that, again, it's the Hispanic population is is evolving. It's going from foreign-born Hispanics to more native-born, bicultural Hispanics. So while the Spanish language networks have grown, I think that that will continue to happen, but there will be lots of changing um, and evolving within the actual programming as well.
0: Would you tell us a little bit more about the different Spanish language broadcast channels that you mentioned earlier?
1: Sure. Um, Univision, as I mentioned, is definitely the giant. They they have the biggest share. Um, they've been around for the longest time. And um, they have a partnership with a Mexican programming company. So a lot of their primetime novellas, for example, come from from Mexico, and so the Univision network is known for skewing more um, towards the Mexican population, which is why they're, you know, the biggest network, because the Mexican population is the largest among the Hispanic population, so that makes total sense. Um, And so Telemundo and Mundo Fox, while they definitely have programming that. I believe is relatable to Mexicans, Um, they're doing a lot of their own production and um, trying to make sure that they don't alienate the rest of the Hispanics. Um, And Mundo Fox specifically, as I mentioned, I think is doing um, really a concerted effort into making sure that they're inclusive of the biculturals. So um, there's definitely distinct differences when you look at the networks. Um, A couple of other broadcast networks that I didn't mention, but they're again much bigger in the West, they're more um, skewed. Mexican is Azteca, America, and Estrella. Those are much smaller in scale, but still pretty significant when you look at especially local market ratings in LA, for example lots of the california or texas area so there's definitely a few networks in spanish that you know skew more mexican um telemundo as i said is a little bit kind of further from that heavy skew um and mundo fox is is a little bit in the middle as well Um, but all networks are are really working hard at making sure that they know who their audience is and know who um, their audience will be and trying to find a balance there in, in their specific programming.
0: Now, One of the thoughts that comes to my mind when you describe the field is that for someone who's interested in purchasing advertising space, for someone who's interested in reaching out to these consumers, it would make sense to buy space across the board in all of these networks that you've described, is there a central way that you can just say, I want to buy such and such stations at such and such a time, or I want to buy time across all of these networks uh, for X product or X advertising, etc.?
1: Um, I definitely agree with you, and um, and that's you know kind of my personal view, but I think that among those that work in the Hispanic media market, it's definitely a shared view where you, de- you should be buying across the board um, because buying Univision alone, while, again, it's the largest network and you will be getting a large piece of the Hispanic pie, you're missing out on, on, a, on some other folks that potentially don't watch as much Univision and maybe watch more of the other networks. Um, Typically the way that the buying works is that you have a goal in mind, you know, how many people you wanna reach. And um, then you kind of have to figure out based on the rates and the ratings, how you can best do that. And typically um, the best way to do that is to include a few networks at least because uh, one network might be more expensive than another so sometimes in order to reach your goal you're not going to be able to do that if you spend your entire budget in one network so typically um, you do need to kind of work the math out a bit and start with your goal at first when you know how many people you want to reach then you can figure out okay well what programming do I need from each of these networks in order to reach that goal? And most times it is best that you go kind of, you know, more than one network deep in order to do that.
0: What is the importance of the Univision's ratings numbers that we talked about initially where in some segments Univision has come out with higher ratings than some of the English language broadcast networks?
1: Well, um, again, I think that that's a function of a couple of things. It's definitely a function of the fragmentation that exists with much more so within the English language um, network environment where um, as far as maybe even the top three, there's always a few that are always switching around. Um, But, you know, in the last couple of years, 2012 and um, maybe 2011 to a certain extent, NBC has been having trouble effectively competing with the other larger networks. So it allowed Univision with their strong ratings to beat out NBC. So when you look at just NBC and Univision, then yes, you're able to say more people are watching Univision than NBC, but again, They're two very different people or populations. So um, it's difficult to um, say much more than that. I mean, I think, again, it's definitely a huge feat that Univision has high enough ratings where they can compete with an English language network, but that's also because there are so many highly watched and rated and um, English language networks. That
0: it fragments the market. Do you think that this means that there is a likelihood that some of the other Spanish language networks are going to follow in those footsteps?
1: I don't think that um, that the next well, Telemundo and Unimas sometimes have very close ratings and um, they have pretty close share as well. I don't think that either of those networks will be able to come in and and swoop in and beat NBC as well. Um, I don't think so, but, you know, you never really know what can happen because the other effect of um, obvious effects, really, or not effects, but kind of cause of why Univision's ratings are high is because the Hispanic market is growing. And, And so that's, you know, a direct correlation there. So... It is possible that as the Hispanic market continues to grow and hopefully that the Spanish language networks continue to evolve their programming, that they'll be competing more and more with these English language networks as far as ratings. Um, I definitely do think that's possible, but in general what is also continuing to happen is, is fragmentation overall. Uh, not just in English, but I just mentioned you know, a new Spanish language network that launched and, and that's continued to happen and hopefully will continue. Um, you know, many years ago when, when cable first came um, into the market and really kind of switched things up with the broadcast networks and we kind of saw that more and more viewing was going towards cable, that was a really kind of pivotal moment um, in media, and we haven't had a similar movement yet when it comes to Spanish cable. The Spanish cable networks are really limited. There aren't very many of them, so we don't have that same trend going on. Um, in fact, in in Spanish language television, it's really still the majority of people um, are watching broadcast networks, and, and that's going to probably continue until we maybe potentially see, um, you know, many new cable networks rise up. Um, Univision is doing a really good job at launching a couple of additional cable networks and so um, I'm really hoping that that continues to grow so that we have a really robust you know, selection when it comes to Spanish language television as we do in English.
0: What would you suggest, Stephanie, for our listeners who are seeking a better understanding of the markets and the viewers and what they seek, what sources of information are out there where they can go learn more about what all of the networks have on offer and what might be the better fit for them? Are there resources out there? websites or books, etc., that they can look toward to become better informed?
1: Um, there are definitely tons of resources. Um, some of them are, are pretty expensive and are resources that agencies typically subscribe to. Um, but then there are definitely some that you um, may be able to access online. Um, the Cable Advertising Bureau has a A pretty good uh, website that gives descriptions on most of the cable networks out there, Um, and the website for that is thecab.tv. That's a good place to start. Um, I, you know, mentioned Nielsen throughout this conversation a bunch and uh, they definitely have a lot of research and resources that are helpful and depending on, you know, how large your request is or, you know, how much information you need, sometimes uh, they may be able to help. Um, but other than that, there really aren't all that many um, kind of resources necessarily that I'm aware of. Um, the Cable Television Advertising Bureau, as I mentioned, is a good one, but that one really focuses mostly on on cable. But as far as broadcast networks, um, you know, it depends. But there are definitely lots of articles um, and things that, you know, you can probably find online that speak to specific shows or, you know, you can go to each of their individual websites as far as just, you know, NBC or Univision and take a look at their programming. A lot of them have synopsis right on the website, and many of them also have um, the ability for you to watch some of the programming, you know, whether it be from Hulu or from the actual site itself.
0: What suggestions would you share with our listeners, Stephanie, who are interested in reaching out to Spanish-language-dominant and bilingual television viewers of broadcast television as to how they might approach this as a project? What, say, three steps would you suggest to them to get started, or if they've already done some outreach to tighten their efforts?
1: Hmm, that's a, a kind of a tough question. Um, you know... Being that I'm a media person and you know this is kind of my daily job, I definitely see the value in using a group that is, you know within an agency or um, that has the capabilities to do the research, the background research and and help that that an advertiser might need, as well as then going out and reaching out to the vendors to get rates and and that type of thing, you know. Um, The advantage of of using a group that has these capabilities is that um, they have a lot of these relationships already in place, and also you're, you know, somewhat familiar with rates and how much you should be paying for something. Um, You know, sometimes when we get proposals or or deals that come straight from a client, um, you know, there are certain things that that they may miss within a proposal because it's just that they don't necessarily know the right questions to ask. Um, So it's important that you're definitely working with somebody that has the expertise and the capabilities to you know do the planning and buying as we say um, for media. Um, You know it is something that an advertiser can do directly but it's it's definitely a lot of work, and if you don't understand the numbers or the research or, um, again, what type of programming you want to be in or within what time frames or day parts, um, then things could kind of get really confusing for you. And and while advertising on TV in general you know, for many, many years, and will probably still be the case for many more, um, really is impactful and really does drive sales, and top of mind awareness and all of that. Um, it's important that you get the best buy that you can, um, and sometimes that, you know, most times I think that means going with an expert and with someone or an agency or a group that that has the capabilities to do so. Um, so I would say that those will probably be my steps one, two, and three. You know, is um, don't don't take on more than than you necessarily can or know. Um, to do, you know, um, while it's not very complex, as I said, and there are definitely lots of numbers and, um, and data and research involved, and um, for us, that's just kind of an everyday task. So I guess that would be my answer.
0: Thank you, Stephanie, for joining us from Miami Beach, Florida. Thank you very much. This was my pleasure. And to our audience... Thank you for listening to Stephanie DaCosta, who is Media Director at Wing, who discussed how Univision beats major networks in ratings. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at com. That's editor at com. Thank you.